It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes, 970 WATH 97.1 FM. The sports fan. And it's going to be a fun one. It's a fun Monday. It's a crazy, well, was a crazy, crazy sports weekend. And I'm sure you've heard a lot about it. We're going to continue to talk about it because we need our opinions out. And so much stuff happened in the world of sports on Friday that today feels... It does not feel like a Monday. It feels like a Wednesday in terms of news. Because normally, when it's not football season, Troy, you and I are just news deficient. But in terms of national sports, absolutely massive story broke. With Kawhi Leonard deciding to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. And now, the future of the NBA looks different than it has in a very, very long time. Huge news on Friday. Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers. You're a Celtics guy, so I'm sure you're happy that the Lakers won't have another dynasty uh, running in Southern California. Mm. What'd you say now? You, that, I'm happy. You, so you're, you're already you're, just claiming the Clippers champions? Well, no, no. I'm saying that you're happy that the mm-hmm. Lakers don't have a guaranteed championship. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. Heck yes. But I would have been happy despite being a Celtics fan and not wanting the Lakers to win. I want a competitive NBA. So I would have, I would have been happy either way. I'm just extra happy now. How's yeah. that? Well, I think that it's going to be interesting to see because ratings don't tend to match up with everybody saying they want a balanced league. Everybody's like, I want a balanced league, I want a balanced league, I want a balanced league, and then we'll be five weeks in the regular season and nobody's watching. So that's what seems to happen every time we say we want a balanced product. We want a lot of teams to have a chance. And as a guy that's going to watch either way, I I think that it's good news for people like us in terms of we are going to watch either way. So it's better to be balanced. It's more surprise. It's more intrigue. There's going to be more storylines throughout the regular season. Injuries are going to matter so much more. It just makes it better for us. But in terms of the general viewing public and the popularity of the NBA, history has shown that moves like this aren't necessarily good for ratings. The dynasties have done very well for the NBA. The Miami Heat caused a jump. Remember the Heat Index on ESPN. People loved following that dynasty, and people loved hating the Golden State Warriors. But here's where I think that there's going to be the whole field, at least in some people's eyes. And I think it is the most dynamic and representative thing of our modern world. And that is Kawhi Leonard is somehow magically the first player that I can recall that has mastered being both the villain in some ways and the good guy. So many people see Kawhi Leonard as a hero today deciding to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. They see him as a guy that saved the NBA. He saved competitive balance. He made this league entertaining for at least one more year. The exact opposite of what LeBron James has been doing over the past decade, what Kevin Durant decided to do with the Golden State Warriors, the exact opposite. But the way he went about it is evil. It's scheming. It's conniving. It was quiet. It was assassin-like. And it makes me... Picture Kawhi as this overarching, quiet, conniving villain. He's, he sat on the Lakers. He knew the Lakers 
needed to get these free agents. He knew that he wanted to play in the same building against the Los Angeles Lakers. He's like, all right, let me hold them up real quick in free agency. Because all of a sudden, it was there were no Lakers rumors whatsoever. Zero. None. Nada. And then out of the blue, the Lakers are the frontrunners. They're the favorites. Where did this information come from? Well, the NBA reporters, they weren't lying. It's that Kawhi Leonard started lying to the Lakers, to Rob Palenka, to Jeannie Buss, to LeBron James, and saying, hey, I think I might seriously want to come here. And then the Lakers, stupidly, took that information and ran with it and made it public. Magic Johnson made it public. And one that probably upset Kawhi Leonard, but I also think that the Kawhi Leonard was planning to go to the Clippers the whole time. He just needed to angle the Lakers into position to make them a real threat to go to so that the Clippers would budge and give away the biggest haul for the for a, for a superstar that just had two shoulder surgeries. And Paul George, they gave up seven first-round draft picks for the right to have Paul George, the right to get Kawhi Leonard. And the way he went about that is so perfectly evil that I think that he's going to play the villain in a lot of people's eyes, and he's going to play the hero in a lot of people's eyes. And he fills both roles, and I think that he himself is going to add that amount of intrigue in Los Angeles to keep the league at its healthiest point where there are dynasties, there are big players and big dramatic storylines while at the same time, 10 or 11 cities having an opportunity to win the championship. And that's why I am really loving what Kawhi Leonard did. Although I'm a LeBron fan and I really wish he would have just had an easy championship. I'm excited to see what happens this year. Yeah. To the first point about, um, you know, ratings and things like that. I don't know. And I can't really remember a time in the NBA that I felt there were this many stars, uh, this many stars to actually make the parody work a little bit better. I mean, there's stars everywhere, and I and I just don't remember a time when we when you could have this kind of powers that be be on separate teams. So I think that feeds into it a little bit. There's enough players now to go around to where they all can't be on one team. They have to be spread out a little bit. Um, so, but, uh, you know, numbers don't lie. If they said that the, the numbers peaked when you had you know, the Heat get together. And and, they, and it also happened in the 80s, too, when the Lakers and the Celtics were stacked. Yeah. Everybody knew they were going to play each other. And, uh, you know, people loved it. It was a big rivalry there. So I think people welcome both. But I, I think this I think this is just different. I, and I think the NBA has evolved. And I, and I think the ratings were just, they're going to go up and up no matter what just because of how the NBA has come about in the last handful of years. But I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this. And I'm very anxious to see um, how the ratings reflect that. I'm still a finals guy I'm, or, or, or an NBA, um, you know, playoff guy. I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm a Celtics fan, but like Tuesday night, I'm, I'm not really just glued to the TV to find out who wins. I mean, I'm just not. Yeah, I, I'm more of a tune into the fourth quarter a yeah, lot of times. Yeah, unless you know Christmas Day, things like that. Um, it's just there's so many games it becomes just repetitive and it's a grind. If there's a really good matchup, maybe. And then you know, of course, the beginning of the season is during football, and football is king. And then until football winds down, I'm not really into it. So, anyways, and uh, back to, but to, to the Kawhi thing, I'd actually never even thought about what you said. <clears throat> I never even, I never even thought of that as a possibility. I, I truly felt that he thought maybe he would go to the Lakers until they pulled off the Paul George well, trade. Just, it came out of nowhere. He wanted to go yeah. to the Clippers the whole. Year. Well, I don't know that. I, well, no, but remember, rumor after rumor after rumor was Clippers, 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 Clippers. And if you were watching the national reporters and the way they were moving about Wojnarowski. Everything was Clippers. Clippers were the front runner. It was like, he's going to be a Clipper. You had reputable guys like Bill Simmons saying, oh, he's going to be a Clipper, guaranteed. Everything that I've been told is he's going to be a Clipper. And then 
out of nowhere, he wasn't going to be a Clipper. And the, then he wasn't going to get this star. And I think that he just held the Lakers over because he knew that he could get Paul George to demand a trade. I wonder if Paul George, wonder if they couldn't pull off the trade, where would he have gone? Maybe then he does go to the Lakers. Maybe then That's he why I thought that was a possibility. In, I, I just I thought it was real. So you might be right. I, I, honestly, you don't know and I don't know, to be, to be honest. We don't know for a fact what he was thinking or what he was but, doing. But then you had a lot of people were saying like 99% Toronto. You were hearing that on the other side as well. So I think maybe it goes back to Toronto. Maybe the Lakers were never actually in play here. And would it surprise you if Rob Palenka would get one pulled over on him like that? I mean, if any GM is going to have. Well, any GM would have. I mean, you have to, just like everybody on ESPN said. Oh, well, the whoever, whoever loses out on the quiet sweepstakes is going to be really hurting. But you have to do it. Everybody said that. Everybody said you had to do it. You had If you thought you had a chance of getting yeah. them, you had to wait. But you know what? The Lakers didn't do too bad, man. No. The Lakers ended up – so they also knew that they had people in the background waiting. And Danny Green was waiting. Boogie was waiting. Of course, Boogie didn't have a lot of offers. But there were other guys waiting for that ship to fall, and then you saw where they went. So they had a contingency well, I plan, like so give Cook. credit for that. They signed Avery Johnson today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avery's good, former Celtic. So they, they had a contingency yeah. plan. And there's just so many great teams. You got the Bucks. They have Giannis. They just won 60 games. They're not getting worse. Um, they added somebody. Um, they added a really good bench they player. Lost they a, got they better. Lost a couple of players too. Yeah, well, at least but, one, Bogdanovich. Or no, he was from the Pacers. Who they lose? Brogdon. Brogdon. But they're going to be fine. They have Giannis. They have one, they have the best player, the MVP in the league right now. Uh, Toronto's got a really good core, but I don't think Kyle Lowry's going to take. I think they'll be a playoff team, but nothing more. Uh, they don't really have a a, a punch. In terms of that's what Kawhi was. He was their their haymaker shot. I don't think they they have that anymore. The 76ers might be the best roster in the league. Some people can make that argument, especially if Ben Simmons gets a jump shot. Your Celtics, they're going to be pretend contenders with Kemba. They're going to look really, really good. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Don't ever put that pretend in front of contend when you talk. Don't even put that those three letters. I don't just. Sentence and, no, words and the, sentence. The Celtics, the Celtics, about three weeks after Christmas, are going to be everybody's sneaky, dark horse NBA favorite, NBA Finals favorite. There you go. And they're going to get bounced in the second round. No. Nah. The Pacers have Oladipo and, honestly, still a really good roster. The Nets now have KD and Kyrie, which has been swept under the rug by this Kawhi news. The Detroit Pistons have Blake Griffin, and don't count out the Detroit Pistons making a move for Russell Westbrook to pair with Blake Griffin. I've heard that. The Magic, there's nobody really interesting there. they got some good young players on, like Vucevic. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are dead in the water, but nobody really cares about them. The Miami Heat have Jimmy Butler now. The Wizards have John Wall recovering, but Bradley Beal's a really good player. The Hawks have probably one of the best young rosters in the NBA with Trey Young and that front line. They're trying to recreate what the Warriors did. Uh, the Cavaliers, Bulls, and Knicks, they kind of bore me a little bit, but they have some interesting young players. Then out west, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they're still a Golden State Warrior along with Draymond Green. Steve Kerr's still there. Denver Nuggets, they have Jokic, Jamal Murray. Those are two star players. The Blazers have a chance with Damon CJ. The Rockets still have Chris Paul and James Harden. The Jazz got way better. Some people are calling Utah the favorites out west alongside the Los Angeles Clippers now with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and some of the pieces they added around that team. The Thunder, well, now they're not relevant because Paul George left, but you have Russell Westbrook there. The San Antonio Spurs, they have Greg Popovich as their coach, and he really likes the young players they have. They like Lonnie Walker. They like some of the guys they have on that roster. LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan are still San Antonio Spurs. The Clippers have Kawhi now. The Kings, surprisingly, at 38 wins last year. They've got some really interesting young players to Aaron Fox leading the front, front line there. The Los Angeles Lakers. They have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They might be the best team of the whole league. That's a real possibility. Then the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, star power there. 
Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, they have John Morant, one of the most exciting young players in the league. Pelicans have Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, and a bunch of other young players. The Mavericks might have the best young duo in the league in Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, two guys who are European superstars, and they have Mark Cuban as their owner. And the Phoenix Suns have a, have a 24-year-old shooting guard who had 70 points in a game in Devin Booker, and they had DeAndre Ayton who averaged 20 and 10 as a rookie. So the NBA right now is by far and away the most interesting league in sports, top to bottom. You cannot go through the NFL rosters and show me as much intrigue. There's a lot of snooze fest there in the NFL, a lot of teams that aren't going anywhere in the same in Major League Baseball. But in the NBA, man, it is star power. It is teams that feel like they have an opportunity, and it feels like teams, teams feel like they have a future. And there's a lot of big markets involved. I just had to go through that just to let you guys know how crazy – crazy intriguing the nba is going to be heading into this season yeah and you made it very you made you kind of validated my point about having so many stars and being able to balance it out a little more so than the past uh yeah great and look everybody says the off season is great for the nba and then what we talk about is great for the nba but when it comes down to it it's it's not really the most interesting because football is and college football is, and pro football especially. But I'm sorry, no, well, college in terms football of, especially. Yeah, you can talk it all you want in terms, well, in in terms total of total interest. But, in total interest, but in terms of in terms of interesting storylines, storylines, not about ratings it's, or game It's because interest. it's July. Well, give it, give it about six team. weeks, man. You know it. You know football is about to come back in your life, and you're going to completely know, forget I about the football. NBA. I'm not going to forget about the NBA. And, you know, and the NFL is king of parity, too. I, I mean, do. you don't know what teams are really going to be that great. You know, the Bengals, everybody thinks the Bengals going to be horrible. They could be 9-7. Oh, no, You're going to be right there. You're going to be touting. This is great. This is the NFL is the best. You just, you're in July, man. you got to get out of July mode. Think, we, think, we don't got anything to yearly. talk about, man. i got to get excited. All right. All but right. Th- th- this is exciting. This is unprecedented for the NBA. There is a lot going Oh, on. it is. It is very. And you know and what? I don't think it's more, over yet. Yeah. No, Russell Westbrook. Because I think Russell Westbrook's now going to become the story. I think he could go to the Pistons. I would love to see a, I would love to see a team make just a really rash decision. With Russell Westbrook. Detroit's a good call, though, because, you know, that Blake does need – I mean, they obviously want to win. They would never have kind of uh, went out went, went for Blake if they didn't want yeah, to win and, now. Yeah, and worst case, you get you get Russell Westbrook, they'll th- he'll throw lobs to Blake Griffin. You'll put some people in the seats in Detroit. You'll be a 6-5 seed, worst case in the East. And, you know, go to the second round of the playoffs, you'd be interesting. And there's nothing wrong with being interesting. I mean, you can't not – all 30 teams can't win the championship. People fall elsewhere. And I think that organizations, what we learned here is that tanking is not something that we should be doing anymore. You need to build a good organization. What won in free agency? The Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Clippers, who have been the little brothers of these two behemoths for decades. Those behemoths started relying on their brand. They started cutting corners as an organization, and that shone through. And what the Nets and Clippers showed is that being an eight seed might not be the worst thing anymore. Building a winning culture, building winning talent, saying that we win games here. We don't lose. We don't back down. We don't tank. We get the best analytics people, the best staff. We don't tell anybody in our organization to lose at any day. You create a good culture. You create a good vibe, and free agents decide to sign there. I think this is really good for sports, that they're picking these really good organizations. Yeah, the Heat's always been about that. The Heat never tank. No. Pat Riley and the Heat are always trying to win. And they've got Jimmy Butler now, and who's to say the injuries don't go some way and the Heat are in the second round of the NBA playoffs? Like, you just don't know. You don't know what can happen in this league. And you hang around and hang around and you win, and then you try to find a superstar. 
And people are like, well, you need to be in the top three picks to find a superstar. It's not true. Giannis, Kawhi, the, the Toronto Raptors as a team did not have a single lottery pick on it. I think, the, I think there are times like this year you'd, you'd really want a shot at that lottery when you, when you have a Zion. And, and I think, I think it's, was it next year or the year after when they're, they're really targeting saying the draft could be unbelievable where they have, they're going to have the group of freshmen and the and the Well, ability. in 2022. That's yeah, the high so there's going to be some freshmen. tanking going on, I think, in that season. Uh, if the if the opportunity presents itself, or you know, with a year where where the Celtics had to take Jalen Brown with what the second overall pick or third overall pick, I mean that year, if you're a franchise, I, I it wouldn't it wouldn't matter too much. But you know, this year with Zion, I think teams were tanking a little bit. Yeah, but there is a point that maybe you can do it. But in terms of organizational goal, I would hate to start a season going, we have no chance this year, and you you shouldn't sacrifice your future, you shouldn't sacrifice anything beyond that. But you should really try to win and try to build a winning culture. And, and if you need to go about your job about that every day, and I think organizations that do that were rewarded this offseason, and I'm glad they were rewarded um, because that's important for the league going forward because now the Knicks have to look in at themselves and go, okay, maybe we can't have a crazy racist owner anymore. Like maybe this is something that we have to move on from. The Lakers can look in at themselves and go, you know, maybe we should have a real front office structure, a real ownership structure, create a real operating business and not just run it like a family shop or like a mob that's gone haywire. Like it seems like the Lakers are running it. It enforces those habits and it really emphasizes those. And that's what this player mobility thing is doing. These franchises have to clean up. You can't just rely on a star player to drag your sorry franchise through the mud. You got to clean it up or they're going to leave. And the Cavaliers have seen that happen to them. Charlotte Hornets just saw it happen to them. And it happens time and time again. Two things. I'm still mad about you talking about Sacramento winning that many games. That totally screwed the Celtics. We had Sacramento's lottery pick. Why did you have to bring that up? That completely derailed Danny Ainge's plan. Where did the where did that pick end up? Oh, I don't know. We got like the, we got the guy from Indiana at like number fourteen or something. We were still in the lottery. We we're the first team in, at the end of the lottery. Uh, what, who did we get? The kid from Indiana. I can't remember his name. But we were supposed to be that. We were supposed to be in the Zion sweepstake, but Sac- Sacramento completely ruined that for us. Well, I'm happy you guys are satisfied with your one Eastern Conference Finals game seven and your all your assets. You guys are really good at collecting assets. The Celtics always have the best upcoming. They're they're almost ready to win. They're well, our assets actually fell at the wrong time. I remember, like I just mentioned, Jalen Brown. I mean, that was supposed to be a top three pick, and it was a top three pick. But the draft was horrible that year. And then well, we I took mean, Jason Tatum, who is actually pretty good, and we traded away. But before the Raptors pulled the trigger on Kawhi Leonard, Danny Ainge had a deal on the table that was literally like Jalen Brown, a first round pick, and it would have been Kawhi Leonard in his hands. But they had questioned about his long-term health. They just had Kyrie. They thought they had a winning championship roster. Miscalculation on your end. Because, boy, would the Celtics have been good if they had Kawhi Leonard on that team last year. They would have won the championship. Uh, Yeah. Also, if LeBron would have stayed in Cleveland, the Cavaliers would have won the championship this year. Because the Raptors, even with Kawhi, you think Kyle Lowry is going to be able to look at LeBron James on the same floor and perform the way he did in the Eastern Conference Finals? No way. No way Kyle Lowry is terrified of LeBron James. <laughs> He's just terrified of him as a human being. So they would have beaten the Raptors. Yeah, they would have beaten the Sixers. Not with the team that they have. They, well, the, they Cavaliers, have... the Cavaliers, if, if LeBron... But Kevin Love got kind of hurt. He was out all the year, wasn't he? Kevin Love didn't play. The yeah, Cavs were the worst really, team in the NBA. But it wouldn't have mattered. Like, LeBron James was that good. He He's that everybody. good, but he ain't, he ain't without Kevin I see, Love. I think, I think the Cavaliers would have gotten Kemba or somebody. They would have added another star. Um 
because they were looking to trade for Kemba Walker. Rumors Paul George was considering going to Cleveland at some point. So I think the Cavaliers would have added one piece. I think LeBron James would have been the champion in Cleveland for a second time. And that's why you try to do the big boy move, and it might not pay off. But now you have Anthony Davis, and he could win a championship as a Laker, and, and all could be you know, done and over with. But they would have won the championship had LeBron James stayed in Cleveland. That I really do believe. Or if they would have just extended David Griffin as the GM, if Dan Gilbert would have done that, then David Griffin wouldn't have succumbed to Kyrie Irving's trade demand. And then LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, this makeup that they had, they would have had that in the middle of the season. And then LeBron would have been more inclined to stay with Kyrie Irving. And then they could have traded Kevin Love and added Paul George because there were some rumors that that was going to happen in Cleveland. And then that squad does indeed beat up the banged-up Warriors. And I think they win two championships. Hmm. So I, That's I, a lot of what it could have should have, my friend. Well, and it all starts with bad ownership and Dan Gilbert never offering an extension to any general manager that's ever So what are you going to do now? He's still there. He's still the owner. Yeah, exactly. The Cavaliers are screwed. They just got one title from a great player that happened to be born near their stadium. And that's okay. And it's, it's okay that the Raptors... Uh, got a one-year rental championship. That's okay, too, because as a Bengals fan and as a Reds fan who's not been alive for a single one of their championships, I would love, as a fan, to just have a championship. Like, whatever you whatever you need to do to do it, do it. If you have to give up the next six years of your future, do it, because a championship is worth that, in my eyes. It's worth six, seven years of fandom. And it also can work against you. Just ask the Blue Jackets. Yeah, but the Blue Jackets... Oh, come on. That's the they greatest. went all in. They went all in, man. They, they, are, the, they are screwed right now. But they had the best season in franchise history. And yeah, well, they ask any Blue Jackets fan if they would rather have some really good assets going into this year and no playoff series win or a playoff series win in the fashion they did it against the team they did it and no assets going into it. I would you, rather you have You didn't say that. Series. You said everything for a championship. They went all in and they didn't get the championship. Well, but they got a big moment for their franchise. At least. Man, that's what you're imagining stuff on now? Big moments? Yeah, that's what sports are about. It's not like how you feel after a buzzer beater in Game 7 of the conference semis. I got a great question for you. Take a break, and I got a great question for you coming back. Okay. We're going to break. This is the sports fan, Troy Lucas, in studio, 9-7, W-A-T-H. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. By the Reds Pick 6 Plan, presented by McDonald's, and receive an exclusive oversized Joey Votto bobblehead. You can pick any six games, including fireworks Fridays and bobblehead Saturdays, while saving up to 25%. Plus, you get six McDonald's Extra Value Meal Vouchers. Be a part of the historic 150th anniversary season by purchasing the Reds Pick 6 Plan. Get yours today at Reds.com slash 150. Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. 
Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Some doctors and caregivers tend to give lectures, but at Ohio Health, we believe in listening more than we talk and see ourselves as partners in your health, not prescribers. We believe your greatest source of strength is already within you. Because at Ohio Health, we believe in your power to be healthy. Discover your best health at ohiohealth.com slash we believe. This is the place to fill your gas tank just before you head to or off Route 33. This is the hot spot to fill your bellies with delicious cold cut sandwiches and tantalize your taste buds with hot and tasty six-inch or foot-long subs. This is the super spot which offers drive through service of pop, chips, candy, beer, water, and much more. This is the best-kept secret in Athens County. Until now, this is City Limits Valero. Visit them at 235 Columbus Road in Athens, open seven days a week. And remember, why just drive by? When you can drive through. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Man, I love the Sports Fan. Sit in the studio and argue about assets. And I wish just, I, had, I just personally wish I had assets, like lots of assets, houses. I wish I had cars. I don't have any assets. Yeah, and I really think assets are overrated, and I think sports are about moments, and sports are about memories. And the more moments and memories you build with the fan base, the more loyalty you build with that fan base, and the more loyalty you have, the better your product is. And that's what running a sports franchise, especially a professional one, is all about. It's putting the best product on the floor, in the stadium, in the arena, for your fans. Best product in terms of marketing, that's what it's all about. And if you're constantly looking for the perfect team and you're constantly looking to stack assets and constantly looking to, you know, win the deal and never take a risk and never try to be in it right now as best we can. If you never do that, you're never going to win. You're just going to keep pushing your fan base back. The Reds learned this. The Reds learned this real quick for five years. They consistently just tried to win every deal. They backpedaled. They gave up on stars. They didn't want to pay the money. They backpedaled. They backpedaled. They backpedaled. And they kept waiting for a young roster to pan out, to young roster to pan out. And it just didn't happen. Because you know why? It's hard for young rosters to learn how to be a winning roster when they're doing a bunch of losing in the major leagues, when they're doing a bunch of losing in the NBA. That's really hard. That's really, really hard. So the Reds did the smart thing which is they go out and they get a winning roster and they surround that winning roster with young talent. Now, don't sacrifice too much of your future. Don't be an idiot about it. Don't try to hit a home run when only a double is possible. But try to hit that double. Stop retreating. And we talked about the Celtics during the break. They had an opportunity to go get Kawhi Leonard without surrendering Jason Tatum. And it doesn't matter. If you don't have to give up Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, or Al Horford off that Celtics team from last year, and those were all the assets they would have had to given up. They See, wouldn't have, I, I they don't wouldn't have given that up deal being in place. I, I don't. Jalen Brown in the first round was not on the deal for Kawhi Leonard. Or he would have done it. I, I'll find it. It had more. They were wanted more than just that. 
because that's just dumb. Anybody would have done that. Jalen Brown wasn't even a starter for the Celtics last year. He was a six. But man. just remember what remember what Paul George went. Paul George went to the Thunder from the Pacers without a single draft pick being given up. Well, they were it giving up his Ol- contract. It was Oladipo and Sabonis, and they the Pacers wanted to keep Paul George. Paul George wanted out, and they traded him to the Thunder for Oladipo, who at the time seemed like his ceiling was a nineteen point a game guy and maybe the fourth best guy on a championship team. Maybe. That was the ceiling. Now Oladipo turned out well, and Sabonis is much better. But it, we were ripping, ripping the Pacers for giving up so little um, for Paul George. Every case is a little bit different, too. He was forcing Indiana's hand. You'll have players force your hand at times as well. So every situation, every trade, every opportunity is always different depending on the team and the players. So they can't all be evaluated in a vacuum. I remember the deal with Paul George. He wanted out. The guy wanted out, and he was like... Almost just demanding that he wasn't going to play for you, so you have to get rid of him. This is from Chris Mannix, who's really close to the Celtics. And um, there is regret within the Celtics organization about not pulling the trigger on a Kawhi Leonard deal. They could have made a deal involving Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and picks. It doesn't really matter how many picks. It does not matter. When you're the Boston Celtics, you have the roster you have. You do not have Kyrie Irving locked up on a long-term deal. You go for the throat. You go for the title with the East exposed. And you can point to the Warriors. You can point to all that. But the hype going into last year was that Celtics team, as it was constructed, had an opportunity to challenge the Warriors in the finals. That was being said. That was being said by you. That was kind of being thought by me because it looked like it was all going to come together like that. So you take that team, remove a young player in Jalen Brown, and insert a finals MVP, one of the top seven players in the league at the time, and now the best player in the league, and you're going to be the title favorite. And the fact they didn't do that for Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and a couple future picks is kind of mind-blowing to me because you got to go for the throat. When you have an opportunity in sports, you have to take it. Sitting and waiting and building plans doesn't win anybody championships. Now, the Warriors, what they built, they got really lucky with what they built. That's not a system to repeat. The Astros got really, really lucky with what they built. They had to nail, absolutely nail, draft pick after draft pick. there. The Spurs built theirs too. Yeah, but the Spurs had to. The Spurs got lucky that. What do you mean they got lucky? They David Robinson Tim? got hurt for a year and they fell into the number one overall pick and got Tim Duncan. That's, doesn't matter. They, they still picked him. They still drafted their team. Number they drafted one Tony. Overall. They drafted Tim. They drafted Kawhi. They drafted Ginobili. No, and they did, they're a good organization, but a lot of luck fell into their hands to land all those players. Luck plays a large portion of all of it. The the fact that Steph Curry got his ankle hurt at the end of his rookie deal, well, that's, and the that's Warriors were able different. to, and the Warriors were able to sign him for four. What I'm saying is that people try to repeat these super dynasties. These oh, we need to follow the Spurs model. We need to follow the Warriors model. Yes, in a lot of ways, they're really very well run organizations. But you can't try to build the roster the way they did it. When you go look at how the roster was constructed, and so much fortune had to be involved in it. Now, you need fortune to go your way as well, but create your own fortune. Don't sit back and hope that every draft pick you have is going to pan out. Don't sit back and hope that, oh, our scouts will do well. We need to stack these draft picks up. Like, I really disagree with what the Thunder did. Yeah, you get, yes, you get a great future and you're the Oklahoma City Thunder. And maybe they had some financial restrictions and Sam Presti was forced into it by the ownership who said, listen, we can't pay for this. And if this deal's on the table, we need to take it then fine. That's fair if there's financial restrictions. But in terms of just running an organization, why am I not going to go for it? Now that it's wide open, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, maybe they finally click. Maybe Paul George can stay healthy the whole year because he was hurt in the playoffs. You never know what can happen. 
right? I'd rather go for it because as an, as an, as an ownership group, as anybody, as a coaching staff, I don't know how long I have in this sport or on this team. We saw with Kevin Durant with a ruptured Achilles, things change quick. When you have an opportunity, you have to go for it. And if it were that easy, everybody would do it. But there's also value that you're missing. There's also a big hurdle, hurdle called the salary cap and your financial structure of your team. So, if it was that easy, of course, they would probably all do things that are very easy to do, what you're saying. In theory, it sounds great. But there could have been possibilities within the Celtics organization of how do you match in Kawhi's max salary? Can you re-sign him? We got Kyrie on a max salary. We got Gordon Hayward on a max salary. We got Tatum's salary coming up. We got other salaries to deal with. And then there's value. You're talking about the picks. The value of the pick can be golden in the sense that if you do get a player on a rookie contract that is a great player, now you can add him to your max contracts and be a very good team. And that goes with all sports. Like right now, Cleveland, you got Baker Mayfield, and you're not, you're not paying him anything. I don't know, but You Troy, can go get other the, players around him. So there's a lot of value and a lot of gold in the asset and that person that you have instead of paying somebody 30-some-odd million dollars for the one year. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I just – I think maybe there's a point to that, but also relying on rookies to win you a championship is a really not, bad I'm idea. not relying on rookies to win you a championship. I'm saying <laughs> – like in the Celtics situation, well, I the mean, Celtics they, was was either okay. We're going to have Jalen Brown. Yeah, I agree. They probably, Leonard. in hindsight, they probably wanted Kawhi. They'd love to have Kawhi, but would it have fit? Were they, what was their long term plan? They can't just think in a term of twelve months. They have an organization to run a whole a whole team's future in their hands. Yeah, and right now, Celtics fans are sitting on one Eastern Con- as the Boston Celtics. They're just sitting there. They're just they're they've so come Kawhi up. comes. They're you lose to the Warriors. He leaves. You lost Brown and you lost your picks. Now yeah, you went at? to the NBA you're the finals. Blue Jackets. You went to the NBA Finals, and you still have Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, and you still you're not you probably get Kemba this year anyway. So you're in the exact same position. Well, actually, today I'm in a better spot because Kawhi left and my picks are gone. I still have Jalen Brown in my picks. Today in your better spot, but last year you didn't have a chance. And so now this year, are you going to take that chance? Are you consistently just going to be? Oh well, we're in a better spot this year than maybe we would have been if we wouldn't have done. Like if you just con- you can continuously keep your job doing that. And all credit to Danny Ainge; he's never going to get fired with his strategy. But I don't think they're ever going to win a title either, unless somebody, you know, because the same guy that brought a title when he pulled off all the trades to get Ray out. It's just every yeah, the year's last different, time he man. got any guts. No, it just it, the, the market pans out in a way. I mean, they're running the organization the best way that they can. And it's a gamble. It's a it's a it's a gamble. If there was a thought in Danny Ainge's mind that he could have kept Kawhi Leonard, but he, I think he knew because these guys they they make millions of dollars. They have millions of dollars worth of money wrapped up in scouting, development, personnel, and information gathering. They probably knew and had it in their mind that Kawhi Leonard was going back to L.A. Do we want to give up Jalen Brown and our assets for one season? Okay, but like, and the answer was no. They felt like the Warriors. It was the Warriors going to win it all, and so they didn't do it. Now so, they still have Jalen. They still got their assets and their. They're, and they signed Kemba, they got a center, and they're ready to go. Let's look back at this. So when the Celtics and the Nets did that deal for KG and Paul Pierce, right? That horrendous deal. The Nets gave away picks that were being involved in a draft just last year. Like, that's how bad that deal was. The Nets, it was a horrific trade even at the time. But the Nets went for it. They went for it. And like, oh, it's going to damage the organization. The Nets went for it. The Celtics didn't. We fast forward to today. Both teams don't have a championship. The Nets have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And even if they wouldn't have gotten those two players, their roster position isn't that much far off. The Celtics, because neither team is going to win a championship, and the Nets have some pretty good young players, and maybe they can flip an asset into a star and build something. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that huge of a gamble. Everybody's like, we're gambling the future of organization. Maybe. 
the what the Clippers did is probably gambling the short term future of the organization. But at the end of the day, when you got a chance, you got to take it. That's it. Sports is so short term. We think it's this long term thing. It's going to be five years. It's going to be ten years. We're going to build something special. We're going to have fifteen, twenty years. It doesn't work that way. Guys leave quicker than you think. Dynasties end sooner than you thought. That's how sports works. So when you have the opportunity to go through the jugular, which the Celtics have had time and time again, they had it again with Anthony Davis, a chance to go for the jugular and say, AD, you said you don't want to play here. You'll play here for one year. Let's go for the jugular. Let's try to win the title in a wide open NBA because Kemba Walker, Anthony Davis, Jalen Brown, uh, they probably would have had to give it up, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. But Gordon yeah, Hayward, see, I, I, but I think they win the title. And we're going to be a very good team next year. And we still have all of our assets. And we still have great players. We're still going to be competitive. We're not going to go for it one year, lose out, and then have to blow the team up, a la the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm actually comfortable where I'm at right now. We just got Kemba. We got a center. We got assets. We got a good team. We're going to compete. We could win the East this year. And we still have a ton of assets going forward. So I'm in a good position. The Celtics are in a great position. Could it have went better? There's a lot of GMs that could say it went better in the NBA if you lost out on certain things or weren't able to actually. I'm sure the Celtics were in conversations with the Pelicans. They were probably trying to make that deal. They just couldn't make it work. They were in the deal with Kawhi Leonard. They, for some reason, they just it didn't work. I don't know. It's just a lot of Danny Ainge not making things work recently and being just short. What do you mean? He's 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 kept a great they team on the get, floor they year after Paul, year. They didn't get Paul George. They said that this these were the assets they weren't willing to give yeah, up. But we got Gordon Hayward. We got Kyrie Irving. And I wasn't talking about the KD deal. I was talking about bringing KD to the Celtics. He was the first one that made a big three happen in the NBA. He's the guy. Celtics were the first team to do that, Lucas. No, I know. Ray and, Allen. Kade, Kevin Garnett. So they went for it, right? They probably and they gave went up for a it and lot they got of assets. It. And then they, he was a genius and got rid of them because they're all too old. He robbed the Nets for a ton of assets and, now, and built another team. And Yep, and now the Nets and the Celtics. The Nets are in way better position than the Celtics. But we've been Celtics good every year. Every year we've been there. All the time. When, when, Paul, when, when, when Paul Pierce, those guys got old, he shipped them off, got all these ton of assets, got Jason Tatum, got Jalen Brown, swung a deal for Kyrie, went out and got Gordon Hayward. Bam, just created a team out of thin air. Unlike most teams, sit in just mediocrity or not even make the playoffs. I'm like not Charlotte. sitting here saying the Celtics are one of the worst organizations. I'm saying that they're they, one of the best. Yeah, except no championships, and they won't win we won one. one. We won one. Yeah, what? Oh eight. And we went to another one, and we're in the top of the East every year. He keeps he sustains a good product on the floor year after year, and that's very difficult to do. Yeah, it's also difficult to win a championship. Yeah, you, you know who else won a championship besides Golden State? They've been they had a stranglehold on the whole league. Nobody was going to win it. Now the best time well, to actually have assets was the last five years because you weren't going to beat Golden State anyway. Yeah, That's but now what we I was see, thinking. Now the Celtics have to use them. Let's just put it that way. And they haven't used them. They've had opportunities to. They could have. Yeah, had well, you know, the, he, he rolled the dice and lost with with the Sacramento deal. That happens. You just can't you can't predict that. You're right. They, you know, they gambled and they lost on some things. They didn't get the picks that they they thought they had a chance at Zion this year. Wonder if Sacramento would have been bad. Wonder if they had a lottery pick. Wonder if they had a number one pick and you could pick Zion Williamson. Yeah, that's a lot of what it could have should have though, right? I know, but just same thing. It's oh, all no, gambling, just what you're doing. I know. It's it's an interesting point of conversation. I think that the, the but this is what the NBA creates. It's the best storyline league. It's the best. Just there, like the NFL was pure and it's the NFL and it's football and college football is pure and it's just football. You go out and you play and you cheer for your teams. But the NBA is like a soap opera. It's a drama. There's so many characters and storylines and bad guys and good guys and dumb guys and smart guys. And it's just it's cool. It's fun to watch. I enjoy it. We'll talk Reds, Copperheads on the other side of the break. 
Reds heading the All-Star break on a two-game losing streak, but still with some momentum. And I think Troy and I disagree on that as well. So <laughs> we'll probably talk about that. This is 970 WATH. At AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. Stop by and enjoy the wonderful atmosphere of the expanded Bunch of Grapes Tavern and Cutler's Restaurant at the Ohio University Inn. Enjoy weekly specials like Prime Rib Sundays, Martini Mondays, Italian Tuesdays, and Wine Down Wednesdays. In addition to award-winning dining, the Ohio University Inn offers rooms with amenities such as free Wi-Fi, pet-friendly rooms, and a 24-hour fitness center. Come visit the Gateway to Ohio University, the Ohio University Inn, located at 331 Richland Avenue in Athens. White's Mill is here to put some spring in your step. Great spring items now in stock, including the best selection of garden seeds around, early veggie plants, seed potatoes and onion sets, cactus and succulents, cheap chicks and ducklings, planters, fertilizers, and the most awesome gift store in a 200-year-old mill you ever did see. Come see why we were named the 2018 John Sparhawk Small Business of the Year and the A News Reader's Choice for Best Place for Unique Items, Hard-to-Find Items, and the Best Customer Service. White's Mill, your local source for over 200 years. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Troy, you had a uh, question for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you forgot to ask me. And and we didn't get to it. Sports Fan 970 WATH 97.1 FM. Do you remember it? Oh, boy, I kind of do. Okay. You're talking about selling selling your future for to win now. Would you have rather been the Columbus Blue Jackets, which they mortgaged their future, went for it, and, and fell short? Or you have, you're also a Cincinnati Reds fan who is definitely content on just continuing to build the future, and they don't really go out and make a splash. They don't really go out. Actually, they, they, the Reds don't trade anybody or do anything, really, it seems like, what? the last seven or eight years. They're, they're basically the Los Angeles Dodgers this year. They've got uh, yeah, Alex they Wood, did. Tanner yeah, Roark, yeah. Yasiel Puig. They had Matt Kemp earlier this year. They did. They, they bring in Scooter Jeanette from the outside. I mean, they're just a completely different well, team. Yeah, well, first of all, the Scooter thing, they do guys like Scooter all the time. They resurrect people's careers. They're masters at it. And whoever's in their scouting development deserves a pat on the back because they've done that since I've been a kid. They find guys, they find gems that have been cast aside and turn them into stars, Scooter just being the latest of that. So that was a free agent signing. Uh, the deal with Los Angeles was a little bit peculiar. I always have a hard time saying that word. It's a peculiar word. Uh, there you go. Uh, because they're not, they, don't, they hadn't really had a history of doing that. Uh, but they brought in some players. One of them, Matt Kemp, is not even there anymore. Puig, yeah, he's having a pretty good year. 
But Alex Wood is Alex Wood. They didn't really set the world on Sonny fire. Gray got him. Sonny Gray was a pretty good pretty He's good an all-star. So they bring in an all-star But they didn't give pitcher. away a lot of stuff to get to those guys. They kind of just... But they, I think they the Dodgers did, wanted they to unload give, They did give things away. And things, but not a lot of assets. Baseball is a weird animal because you really yeah. don't even know what those assets are till three years down the road. But, well, okay, what's the question? The question was the organization. What would you rather be? Would you rather mortgage your future for that one playoff win? Or would you rather see your team? Would you rather see the Reds keep Ahuinia? Would you rather see them keep uh, Rysel Iglesias? Would you rather see them keep their young players and continue to watch these guys year after year get better, grow, and turn into a good team? Well, it's a tough situation because each situation is different. I think Columbus Blue Jackets' situation was completely different. Um, you know, they had the choice whether to sell or to continue on and take the lumps later on. Well, we're about to hit the trade deadline. That's why I'm asking you. Well, the Reds, I don't want them to sell. I want them to continue on for this year. And you're still going to be able to keep, You have young players moving forward. There's nothing the Reds need to do. There's nothing really them to do because they can't They can take, use a front-line starter. Yeah, they could. And, and I would be okay with getting one. Um, but you're not going to give up any starters for a frontline starter because that doesn't make sense win-loss-wise this year right now. So, like, the Blue Jackets had the choice whether to give up and say, we're not going to win the Stanley Cup. Let's sell Duchesne. Well, they got, let's not get Duchesne. Let's trade Panarin because we know he's out the door. And let's trade Bobrovsky because he's buying houses in other places already. That's what... That's what the mad Blue Jackets fan today really wish the Columbus Blue Jackets would have done. They wish they would have just sold all those assets and then they would have this stockpile of probably really good starters and draft picks and they'd have a really good future and a good coach moving forward and you wouldn't have had the only playoff series win the organization's ever had. And knowing the Blue Jackets, they might not get it this year and then maybe those draft picks don't work out and you never have that great moment. Like that, that's to me, they were in a completely different situation. I think you, do you think they made the right move? Oh yeah. You, you like they pulled the greatest upset possibly in series sports, like sports that involve series and seating. It's possibly the greatest upset that's ever happened in terms of the way it happened. The record setting pace, the lightning were on. I mean, it was just incredible. That's, that's it. You set yourself back three or four years for that one moment. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And, and any Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets hockey was more popular this year than it ever was. Let's see what happens in a couple months. I don't know. I, it was a great moment. I mean, I that mean, was yeah, for the Blue Jackets. For the Blue Jackets well, franchise. We got a we we season about to start. I mean, it's it's tough, man. It's a real tough situation for a general manager. I well, tell it's, you. it's just basically what do you value as a fan? Do you do you value championships, live or die, or do you value good experiences? And in terms of as a person that. When you work in sports, if you are only seeking a championship and beating everybody else as a barometer of success, that is a huge barometer of success. And it's something that is important and should be valued and should be pursued. But there's so much more that goes into running a sports organization that makes a good product, that makes me interested as a fan. You know what else makes you interested? If they would have done the trades and you had all this hope. Yeah, you didn't have the moment, Lucas, but if you would have got some really good players the future and you felt like the future was bright for the every Columbus time Blue Jackets. You try to, but every time you try to sell fans on the future, the stadium's empty. So the Browns, the future. We're 1-15. Stadium's empty. The Reds, the future. Oh, minor league baseball teams are putting more people in the seats than us within 100 square miles of our own stadium. So every time you sell the future. Not every oh, time. I mean, but tell me a re- reconstruction project that actually looked good for a fan base, that a fan base actually enjoyed. Well, every team has always gone through, at some point, a 
reconstruct yeah, the process. Yeah, but it has to happen. But like, if you're the Blue Jackets, put butts in the seats, have a great playoff run, get those home playoff gates, have people buy Blue Jackets jerseys, have kids go to Blue Jackets games and fall in love with the team. Like, that's so much better. Like, the Bengals being good in 2005 hooked a lot of fans for the entire Marvin Lewis era. If they aren't good in 2005, you don't get those fans. Like you have to, you have to have moments. You have to be relevant. Yeah, there's, I mean, you, what you're hoping for when you when you trade the assets or when you trade the players that you know you can't sign, it it's still you put the hopes in the general manager's hand. But as a fan, and I'll give you an example: when the Celtics got rid of all those guys, it felt oh man, that was kind of a bummer at the moment. But boy, we, then they're just they're, you drafted Tatum, you had the top three pick with Brown. But Here they you got, got the rid top of, of the draft. They got and, rid of aging veterans. It was an easy deal. The Blue Jackets would have given up three. But top they, line NHL players. If in the they already do, they weren't going to sign, and you couldn't afford them. And they didn't resign, and they didn't afford them, and they're gone, and they're out the door, and you're left with nothing. Yeah, except the the first playoff series win in franchise history. Like, does that not have value? Like, is that valueless? And if it is valueless, and all you care about is championships, no, then... not championships, just a future. I have a future. I, I, I mortgage my future for a playoff series win. That's what they did. I mean, I would have been, I would feel better Here's right now like, sitting here right no, now if, I, if they had a really good core of players that they brought in Here's a and good, got a haul for them. Here's a good analogy. In terms of, I get what you're saying, and in terms of if we're two general managers arguing in a room, or you just, you and I as a sports fan arguing in a room, maybe you have a point, and it's a fair point. But I'm talking about the general public. I'm talking about... If you're well, running a, the general public, but if no, but if you're running a sports organization, well, look at the general public. You know what the general public is really bad at doing: saving for retirement, looking towards the future, seeing past tomorrow. The general public needs results, and it needs results now. That's our that's our era. It's the social media era. Things will change on a dime in a heartbeat, and there is a sweet spot for an organization to hit between patience and go get it attitude. And I think the Celtics are really close to it. They're just a tick too far on the patient side. Right. And there's other organizations that are a tick too far on the aggressiveness side. I think that exists in both realms. But the bottom line is you have to have an attitude that when you have an opportunity to win games, to make moments, to create fans, to create energy, to be exciting, to be engaging, to have people talk about you, you have to take it. You have to take it. That's what sports are about. And, you know, we're talking about, oh, championships are above all. Go sit in the general manager's chair where your job is not just about winning championships. It's about making the best product. And as a fan, I need you to look at yourself and say, would I rather have a team just win championships? Like, you know, I, yeah, you want championships. And this is a really hard question for fans because fans never actually fans say I'd rather have a championship and then seven years of relevant uh, irrelevance. But you go look at the numbers. They'll watch more if you're relevant the whole time. Bengals fans were engaged through the playoff losses. Who the Bengals fa- Bengals games ratings were they higher when they were getting ready to lose in the first round every year and they were going for it, or were they higher this past year when they were nearly unwatchable in six nine and one? They were higher when they were losing playoff games, so they were more relevant. They were more engaging. They were more interesting. And as a fan, it was the best time I've had being in the playoffs, being in big games, being talked about. It's it's important for a sports organization. Yeah, and I mean. In one sense, you're right, and I think I, I think we're both right in a in a roundabout way. And but I I feel like you're underestimating the value of hope in a team in an organization because let's take a look at like let's say let's go high school. Let's say you have a whole just unbelievable talented group of sophomores, and you go six and four. 
but you're like, man, we're going to be really good next year. And that holds you over for it. And if you're just a diehard football fan, you're thinking about it all year in your sports world that we're going to be really good next year. We're going to be really good the year after. So there's value in knowing that your franchise or your team the following year is going to be really good at something, or you feel like they're going to be really good. The Astros were horrible, but you can guarantee you those really diehard fans were thinking as they just talk them up, their prospects and how good their farm No, the diehards, but you're still, like, your stadium is right, still yeah, empty. Yeah, right. Right. Who cares? I mean, what, we know what Who we're doing Who cares right. if the stadium is still empty? Like, all right, well, you go get a general manager's job. And then you'd say, "Listen, we've got you know we've got hope for the future." But, but look what they did; seats. they did it right, and their fans were still they, they got you know they were maybe half empty, whatever. But they were coming back little by okay. little as the team built Jose up. Jose Altuve slips on the dirt one time in the minor leagues, tears his ACLs, never the same again, never develops into the MVP level second baseman. Boom, bada bang, Astros don't win the World no, Series. You can't bank on. I mean, you can't get too far into what it could have, should have, Lucas. That's 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 the relevant. No, but I'm you saying, can't do that. Exa- but I'm saying that you can't take. I mean, the, you cannot. The take Reds the are playing in front of an empty stadium for the last five years exactly because they were trying to rebuild and they wouldn't take any opportunities in the first year they take chances the first year they're relevant in the playoff race the first year they have young actionable assets like they, they have everything going for them right now and it's because they took a little bit of an opportunity they're a last bit place a team they're in last place man that is they've been in last place all year but troy and they still have nobody at the stadium they're that's not true either attendance is up and and, and. So it's like half filled now. Are they got a half filled stadium? Although they are last place team, every other second place team in the major leagues is more games back than the Reds are first place in the NL Central. Still in last place, man. They got like what are they? They're like seventeen and like fifty on the road, Lucas. They can't even win on the road. Trust me, I watch them every night. They're killing me, man. They're killing me. They're four and a half games back. That's because the Central is just not very good. Yeah, but we're that, lucky we're in the Central. No, the Central is really competitive and deep. I think all those teams in the divisions would be successful. Listen, that music means we're running out of time. We'd love to continue talking sports, but unfortunately, we can't. This has been the Sports Fan. Same time, same place all week. 970. WATH 97.1 FM.